Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Joining us today it is Robbie Triano of SiriusXM, as he does every week. He is our resident K-State guy. And so today we're going to go through kind of the story, the season that Kansas State has had, uh, how they ended up here in the Big 12 Championship, and kind of what it means to their program. Also, some Big 12 disappointments on this season. All that and more is coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe to the channel. We are approaching 2,800 subscribers, so please help us reach that goal. Our goal is 3,000 by the end of the year, so uh, entering 2023 We'd like to be at 3,000. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBay12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. But you all know today's show is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Best holiday gift you can get. My grandma sends it to me every single year. Uh, it's amazing. Steaks, hot dogs, burgers. It's fantastic. So Omaha Steaks, check them out. All right. So, Robbie, um, you and I usually do Tuesday takes, but the, you know, and we got plenty of time to do takes about the season, but really, this week is about the Big 12 championship game, and you have been a K-State guy all the way through uh, this year, um, and I thought there would be nobody better to talk to about the fantastic season that the Wildcats are having than the message boards, uh, Go Power Cat message boards, favorite Big 12 personality, Robbie Triano. So we're glad to have you to talk about your K-State Wildcats. Yeah, it's been it's been kind of funny because earlier in the year, I did this last year too, but like after about week four, I kind of pick a team and I say, you know what, you're going to be the Big 12 champion. Last year, I did it with Baylor. They beat Kansas so bad. I said, this is the team. I was correct. I'm trying to go two for two. I'm happy they are in the title game because there was a lot of points during the season. You were like, oh, I don't know. Uh, but now that they're here and I feel like now everyone just thinks I'm a K-State fan. I am right now, but next year, maybe not. But this has been a really fun year and a year that also proves that you can take some L's and still be a really good team. I feel like in today's college football, you have to be unscathed. You have to have either one loss and it has to be a close loss. No, Kansas State is proving you can be really good, take some lumps or like down the road, but still, you know, compete for a championship not not the college football but like you could win the big 12 and it's a really great story and i feel like this team has gone through so many stages this year um it's quite remarkable actually yeah and and to your point like you know what you just said is is not going to be very true for much longer right it's true this year about the, the championship but sooner or later like kansas state you know uh would be a really dangerous team if they were to if they were to beat tcu i mean there are, you know, if you don't have a buy, like you don't want to go play Kansas State. There's nothing right. that you want to do and you, you don't want to go play. And, and look, like it's a three loss team, but you talk about teams that morph and evolve through the season. I think for most of the last month, LSU was kind of that team that we were talking about. I think another great example of this was Utah last season, right? Utah, after losing two of their first three games, uh, ends up going that awesome run them towards the back end. You know, it was, that was an amazing story. And like Kansas State's one of those teams, but also you can tell the fans like it still matters to them. It still matters to everybody. You know, it's it, you know, there's no 
uh, we've got three losses. Oh, you know, oh shucks. Like, and that's right. the great thing about this. I think that the college football playoff has taken away. We lose sight of this stuff. Like, man, what a season that Kansas State has had. And Robbie, let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning. Um, it's funny because I remember telling uh, our one of our hosts on XM, Ian Fitzsimmons. He's like, yeah, he's like Kansas State. Like, you know, it could be frisky before the season started. I'm like, and they're everybody's dark horse, especially <laughs> after the the All Big Twelve team came out. They had six players in the All Big Twelve team. That's the most of anybody, and like all of them deserve to be there. There was nobody who you're like, ah, oh, he shouldn't be there. Like, oh, why is he like, why is he there? And you thought about it, and you're like, yeah, they could. And you and I had talked about it a bunch. The one big question I think we all had was Adrian Martinez in that quarterback spot, and like that's that's completely how this season's played out. That's their, their success has been fully predicated. And I know there's been other stuff that's happening, but like it's been the quarterback spot that is determined. And this is not to say Martinez has cost them every single game. He, he won them the Oklahoma game. Don't forget that. But I think this season played out largely how you and I expected it to for Kansas state in terms of like what the quarterback position meant to this team. Yeah. hundred percent. When we think about Adrian Martinez, I think you were a lot, down on him going into it just because he, he had these issues with turnovers and it looked like he couldn't exactly do things with his arm but what he could do with his legs was exceptional and what I've really appreciated about Adrian Martinez this season was that he seemed to fix the turnover issues or the volume of it he had a terrible one against Texas that, that closed the game but he was a player that came in I felt like gave this team some confidence and he was a player to me that like exactly in that Oklahoma game, he can do things that really no other quarterback in the country can do with his legs. And I thought that was so important for them to gain confidence. And when he when he got hurt against TCU, you now have Will Howard step in, who honestly has been in the system for a long time. Adrian came in, had to learn everything, didn't even have right. spring ball because he was hurt. And now you have Will Howard who has been there for a bit. He has been under Colin Klein while he was the QB coach, and now he's the OC. And now he comes in and he feels like, okay, everyone around me is confident right now, so I can just sling the ball. And that's what Will Howard has really done. He has brought an extra element to this offense that Adrian Martinez did not have. But without Adrian Martinez, Kansas State would not be at this point right now. Like if Will Howard was the start of the whole season, I don't think he could have built the confidence that he could have or even sustain the whole season. So for, for Kansas State to even have that type of depth from Adrian Martinez to Will Howard, who we all thought was a scrub. Like, we all thought he, he played was, really poorly. I played yeah. really, really poorly. And for him to step up like this, and also for us to realize Kansas State has some damn good playmakers. Not only Deuce Vaughn, but they have good receivers. And even Ben Sinnott, like, just came out of nowhere uh, as right. the tight end, one of the best tight ends in the league. The, the quarterback story here is remarkable. And if either one of them didn't step up, Kansas State would not be here today at all. Yeah. Let's, and let's look at that schedule. Like this is, here it is from this year. Um, South Dakota, obviously, they beat. Missouri was one of those games, Robbie, where we first saw the defense. We'll get the defense here in a little bit. But because we're talking about quarterback, let's go to the two lane game, right? 17 oh 10 loss. And you and I had talked about, we'd, we'd all talked about like, how the Adrian Martinez thing, if it didn't work out, how it would look. 
And I guess it was short-sighted of me to like to think that like it was it was actually him being gun shy is what kept them from succeeding. Had you considered that at all coming to the season? Because that wasn't on my bingo card. Like I, I feel like at four after four years of playing, you you're not gonna see like a guy who's got a turnover problem. It's either like you clean it up or you don't. It's not like you're you take such good care of the football that it's actually limiting the other parts of your game like you usually don't see it after four years yeah I like I can't blame Adrian Martinez I think if people are tweeting and commenting about you all the time saying how much you turn the ball over and how much you fumble I would try to limit those mistakes as well like that's just human nature for Adrian to be like you know what the the worst thing I can do because everyone tells him the worst thing he does is turn over the ball and he feels like that's how they lose games so Mm -hmm. if he didn't do that they'd win But it actually, in that Tulane game, I remember you and I were talking. That was terrible offense. Yeah, it was bad. And obviously, we're realizing Tulane is a much better team. And an awesome defense, apparently, too. But that team was, that offense was, at that time, one-dimensional. It was running the ball, and there was no sense of passing attack. And the games leading before that, they weren't doing that either. They were running the ball, and they were effective with it. But now they're against a good defense who knew, okay, if we stop Deuce Vaughn, your team's done because <laughs> because like if we just stop the run your team is over and I think after that you and I had some legitimate concerns like wow this team needs to do something to step up and then they kind of did because right. then they play Oklahoma obviously Adrian Martinez still ran the ball but throughout the course of the season we're seeing okay you need to get more involved here and even if you see the passing numbers there like the first game South Dakota 53 passing yards Against mm-hmm. Missouri, they win by how many? Like they win by that many points, 101 passing yards. They knew that they had to evolve, and that's why I think good coaching is important. Having the 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 idea to be like, you know what, we need to adapt because this is not going to work moving forward, and they did. And part of it is because of injury, but also we saw Asia Martinez in other games be like, you know, what, I have to throw the ball. I think in that Iowa State game, his passing numbers aren't aren't crazy but he knew he had to get some things in order to get first downs because if you can't like that I would say defense at that time was unbelievable if he could not extend drives with his arms that team would have been toast um so yeah I mean kudos for Colin Klein and Asia Martinez to be like you know what we have to throw the ball yeah I mean it's interesting because like they're better off with Will Howard but you know they're like they needed what Adrian Martinez brought them in that Oklahoma game Right. And also I, I could even argue the Texas Tech. I mean, they might've been able to throw it around on Texas Tech oh, too, I but agree. like but they hit explosive run plays. Think about that tech game. I mean, I think they had, they had two separate drives that were two yard drives because they hit some explosive, you know, and then their offense would stall. And that was a big problem for me is like the Oklahoma game looked great because they were long extended drives where he was making plays and making things happen. And he was good enough in the past. He was really good at the passing game that game. And then you go and you look at the Texas Tech game, a lot of stalling, and then they'd hit these big run plays. And I think they went up two scores on multiple occasions, and each time Tech fought it back to a tie. And so, and then they eventually won the game. But it was it was interesting, and and you know, you see you know you see stuff play out. The Iowa State game they should have won by more, but actually it was some explosive passing plays. The one I think it was Malik Knowles the first one that was a that was a knuckler. It was not a great throw, but they actually you know it, it kept them deep. And then I. Th- Brooks or Knowles, I forgot who it was, fumbled in the end zone. That was actually a pretty good throw on that play. Um, and then we hit the TCU game. So, like, talk about inflection points. They're flying pretty high. 
Then we go to that TCU game, Robbie, and it starts out really, really well. Oh, yeah. And then it goes really, really poorly in the way that a lot of games go. For, you know, when you play TCU, if you give them an inch, they take a mile. If you leave a crack in the door, they kick the door off its hinges and they bring in their, you know, flashing lights and hypnotoad and they blind you and score 50 on you. Um, they were up three scores and all of a sudden they were down two and the game was over. And they had a lot of quarterback injuries. But I think that's when things began to crystallize because that was the first time that we saw Will Howard. And um, the, the, it was he was a com- he was a completely different person uh, or a completely different player, not person, but a completely different player than what I remember watching in the past when he and Jaron Lewis were doing the flip flopping when Skylar Thompson was injured. It was a different guy all of a sudden. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you all by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. Right now, guys, there is the World Cup, there is NBA, there is NFL, there is college sports, there is NHL. I mean, everything is happening right now. And your number one source for all of it, sports betting-wise, is BetOnline and BetOnline.net. Get the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer to esports, they've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, they have those as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today and use your mobile device as well to learn more. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Yeah. And we had Will Howard on SiriusXM radio, and we like asked him, like Gabe Eichert asked him, like, what has it been like? going through this season and also having the failures you had in the past. Like he got through in to the fire, not only during a, like just as, COVID year. as a yeah. true freshman, but a COVID year where it's like, Oh, I haven't like really had an off season. I never had spring ball. I never had a chance to do this. And at times he showed flashes, but at times it was like, man, this is not it. And last year you watched him and you were really like, this is not it. And for a player to have that type of growth, to understand, you know what, I have to be better and to kind of build somewhat confidence in himself to do it. It's one of the best stories in college football in general. Like Will Howard should not be this successful right now. I think Mm -hmm. if he was at any other program right now, he would not be having this level of success. This is why I think development is so important. And that's why Kansas State, to me, just does an exceptional job of one, identifying gems not highly ranked gems inefficiencies if you will right and just kind of like fostering them and making sure that they develop and like that's why i think it's kind of lost in the transfer portal era it's like oh i didn't play so i should just go and it's like well if you're in a good program a good coaching why would you leave that to go to a place that is clearly like desperate or wants a player like 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 this is why i think players need to just chill and stay if you trust the right. coaches around right. you, if you trust where you're at, if you like where you're at, just be patient. Your time will come. And we're seeing across the board all of these players, like their time has came this year. Players from 2018, two, players from 2019 in those classes are finally like emerging now. Yeah. And that's why yeah. I think Will Howard is like such a great story. Because if you stick around, he could have easily entered the portal and played at UAB or some other scrub school. But he's like, you know what? I want to play at Kansas State. I want to play quarterback here. And now it's paying off and it's been beautiful. And especially in that Oklahoma state game, you were like, Oh, this guy is 
Yeah. And he's made some throws that rank above, like among well, some of the best. Well, in the big Robbie, this we like to get to, you know, you make such a great point with the transfer thing. Like it's a lot of it's circumstantial, right? But for him, he was not ready to play. And maybe even earlier this season, because like he was not ready to play before. There's a reason right. why they brought in Martinez. It, Will Howard had, had had opportunities, but he had not earned the right to be the starter. They made the right decision going and getting somebody else. But I think what you're saying applies to a lot of guys. Spencer, think about Spencer Sanders, right? Spencer Sanders, I mean, I mean you know, a long time, long, long time, time for him to develop into the player that he has become now. And this year, he was the most valuable player in the league, in my opinion. I'd say he was the best player. He was. There is a staunch difference between Oklahoma State with a healthy Spencer Sanders, even if they've gotten healthy nobody else and whatever else they are at quarterback. Uh, I would say this applies to guys like Hunter Deckers and guys uh, like Blake Shapin and guys like Quinn Ewers, right? I mean, we see guys, you know, and so, look, sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes these guys aren't good. You know, like they, they don't work out, but we forget that they're kids. And like when Will Howard says things like, it's just gotten a lot slower for me. Like it's it just, it is slowing down for me. It's, you know, I think it's more than that, obviously, but like, that makes a lot of sense because we think about the, the skill this kid has. He's 6'5", 230. Like, if he keeps playing like this, Robbie, he there might not be a senior season for him. I get, if Will Howard plays like this next season for Kansas State, he's not coming back. He's a first, like, think about a Will Levis. Good God, if Will Levis looked like Will Howard right now, uh, he'd be he'd be the number one pick. I mean, this is the, like, this is what people wanted Will Levis to look like. I, I actually, and I, I'm not just saying this because I'm a big 12 guy. Like he's a big white dude with a cannon for an arm. And also one thing too, is Robbie, they've stopped running him as much. He had nine carries in the, in the TCU game, got injured. I'm not saying it's why he got injured, but like they ran him a lot last year and the year before that, when he played, they've taken that out. And you know, you want to scramble around, whatever he can make plays. Sure. Like let this if they can protect this guy, let him sit back there and sling the rock with Giddens and Vaughn. Like I know it's the Martinez part of it was you could you know there's some deception in that running game was that's that's what was great, but if you got a guy who can distribute the rock with the velocity and and the precision at times, he's not like the most fish basketball, but the, you know at, you know in the moments where you need to a guy like this, there's no need to have your quarterback run, and so I think you're right. Like this this is what they do. They find guys like Knowles and Vaughn who have got some tools, but a deficiency, right? And this is what North Dakota State has always done so well. Why do you think they keep placing guys in the league? Because they find guys who it's like, all right, do you want to go low-level FBS or do you want to come play in this powerhouse in the FCS where we develop you? And you're, I mean, they, they, you know, North Dakota State's put two quarterbacks in the first round recently with Carson Wentz and with, with Trey Lance. I'd say it's all going to work out, but like people value what they do. It's the same thing at K-State on a little bit of a better scale, but it's the same thing. And you're seeing that bear fruit this year. And, and I, I, I think like it's all of that stuff combined together has what turned K state into offensively. They're a juggernaut when things are working well. Yeah. And I think about what does this season mean about the future of Kansas state? I think there's going to be a recruitment bump from this mm -hmm. because I think now people are going to be like, Oh, this is good. <laughs> like this right. team is like th this team. Not only if I was a running back, I would want to play there. If I was a wide receiver now, I would want to play there. And it just, it makes me think like we talk about 
You have to have five stars to compete and win in college football. You need to have the blue chip ratio. Okay, I understand that. And it is proven. Alabama gets the best players, they win. Clemson and Ohio State gets the best players, they win. I get it. But in the Big 12, you can have a lot of success developing these players and growing them up. You may not be national championship good, but you can be in the history books in this conference. And that's why I think Kansas State, to me, is such an intriguing team heading into the new stage of the Big 12. Like, are they going to start getting the four stars? Are they start going to, you know, are they going to be a top five program in the new Big 12? I don't know because they are in Kansas and they are competing against teams in Oklahoma and Texas and now Florida and Ohio. So recruiting wise, it's not necessarily in this hotbed, but this should be a place where people who love football want to go play. And Chris Kleiman does an exceptional job of finding talent. I, I made a thread about this yesterday and it's just crazy to think. Felix Anudike Uzama. We, we agree one of the best defensive players in the big 12 might be a first round draft pick. If he leaves in the class of 2020, he was rated the worst, the worst player in Kansas state's class. In fact, he was supposed to go to Missouri and not even play football. He was just going to be a student. And then the day before signing day, Stop. Chris Kleiman called him and said, I want you on this team. How do you identify that? And obviously he's not rated high because he's not on anyone's radar. DJ Giddens. He is going to be a running back one next year. I don't think Deuce Vaughn's coming back. No. Not even ranked. Not even ranked. They had no ranking. And now he has six touchdowns this season. And you go to Deuce Vaughn. We know he wasn't ranked high because he's short. In the class of 2020, 1,235. That was his overall ranking, according to 24-7 Sports Composite. And then you have Phillip Brooks, who is one of the best kick returner, punt returners, and now an awesome stud wide receiver for this team. Walk-on wasn't ranked. How he finds his talent and how he develops them is remarkable. And if he were to have real proven talent or, like, actual, like, blue-chip type of players, Kansas State would be unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to, and like, you know, I think the one thing K-State fans is like, you've got to feel really good about the chances that, that this happens again, right? Um, you know, there'll be like seven and fives, eight and fours, uh, six and sixes mixed in there, obviously for K-State, but as so long here's as- a question. here's a question. Yeah. Do you think K-State could be a title team every year? No, no. At schools, like it's way too difficult to do that at schools like that. That's Especially when you're going to have, when you introduce but- multiple schools from the state of Texas in in the in the conference every year, like- those schools are just going to have the, the advantage. I mean, think about, I, I always think about like this, Robbie, like with Baylor, think about the last 15 years, right? Art Bryles won 10 plus games and did multiple times. Matt rule wins 10 plus games. And then J- Dave Aranda does it. Like all three of those coaches won at Baylor. Why? I mean, it's, it's a strong program in the state of Texas. You know, it's, it's a place where you can win TCU, right? Sonny Dykes and now Gary Patterson, you know, like he was able to flip that thing around. Think about all the talent that has been at a place like TCU. You had Houston in the mix. And look, Robbie, I, I mean, you and I have to mention this too, but like Houston's a sleeping giant because of yeah. where they are located. Guys, Houston is like the fourth most populated city in the country. And look, you know, if you see places like Missouri City, that is outside of Houston. It's near Louisiana. Like it is, there's so much talent in that area. Once you get to the, they play with the big boys, like, I think everybody recognizes this. 
that that's the one team that could really have a great swell. Uh, you know, you bring in a UCF in the league. Like there's too many schools that are in these places that like, they're going to have these amazing years. K-State, you know, much like not as bad as Iowa State, but like there is going to be some attrition. The good news for them is they build up these classes. Think about the amount. I mean, look at these guys in the recruiting class this year. Like not many of those guys are playing this year. And think about a lot of their transfers. They got some that have been affected, but like not like they, they are very loyal to their guys. They stick with a lot of their guys. The guys that we're talking about this year, the couple of exceptions are a lot of the guys names that we talked about before the season. And that's a credit to growing this, you know, these things. And look, there's different ways to do it. There's more way, way you know, more than one way to skin a cat. Like, some people are the portal king, Lane Kiffin, it works out, right? Some people are really committed to developing guys. And you might look at Kansas State's recruiting class this year and say, oh, yikes, it wasn't great. Well, let's see what those guys are in two to three years, right? That's kind of what you have to do with these programs. Then you have to nail some of your transfers. And I think they did, you know, with some of the guys they brought in. So not every year, but like with Chris Kleiman, I mean, they should be around the top for a while. Yeah. And when I think yeah. of Oklahoma, like, they were the team there every year. And then it was just one team every four years, they would make the big 12 title. Right. The past two years in the big 12, each team in the title game has been completely different. Right. Like that, that Baylor, Oklahoma state, TCU, Kansas state. But like now before that Iowa state, Oklahoma, who's that team that's going to be consistently in the big 12 title every year. I think it's going to be TCU. I think that right now we're proving that team is going to be really good. They have a lot of returning talent, so I don't know what's going to be after this year. But, like, is there going to be a team that is constantly in the Big 12 title game? Or are we going to see this musical chairs of the Big 12 title game every single year? And I, it, might be, it might be going to that point. But if, if I was Kansas State, I'd be like, no, I want to – you know, build and be that team that can do that. And I think they have the potential to do it. So like if I were to rank, you know, like what teams could do it, it's TCU, Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas. Oklahoma State. You could add Houston, but they don't recruit very well. I get they're coached well, but like, I I agree. I I would say just because like, well, here's the thing. If you are hovering around seven, eight wins all the time, right? Yeah. The jump to 10 and two is, and I know two wins a lot, but like, you are you are gonna make that jump more often than than like you're not more often than not, but like you're gonna be in that cycle more often than not, right? So like you have the what ten and two last year, and there was a lot of attrition on on this Oklahoma, especially on defense, and they get crazy injured. But like now it's an eight win football team, especially if Spencer Sanders is healthy. I just you don't know? think I don't think Mike Gundy's going to adapt really. Like he he's taken some players from the transfer portal. He did better last year than this year. I think I'll give recruiting him. wise, they are currently ninth in the conference right now. And I I did not I think over time this thing is going to fall apart a little bit. And that's kind of sad, uh, because I think they should be among the best. Until uh, it does, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt because of how much he's won. I I understand what you're saying. The crack the the cracks could be there. And he and I think it's also a good point too, because like you know those comments he made about players, I did not find to be very smart. Um, right. Like, you know, like I, I use basketball, your basketball guy, all the time as the example. But like, there is a reason why Jay Wright and Roy Williams and Coach K all wanted to call it quits. The sport is changing, and the way you have to handle kids is changing. And um, I think right, David like, Shaw left Stanford. David yeah, Shaw I mean. In college football, there is no offseason. I would kind of like to have a little bit of a break. I'm tired of re-recruiting the players I've already recruited. 
Right. And, and for them, it's also like, that's an incredibly difficult job too <laughs> with, all, with the academic stuff. But I, I think, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, like, see, like, do like who grabs the stranglehold right now on the top, because we can keep saying it's going to be these teams that are around the top right now, but you know, we have to see, cause I mean, once again, even with OU in Texas right now, last three years, six different competitors in the big 12 championship game, which is really very interesting. Um, I want to go one more time the, the schedule here. Like the 48, nothing was the Oklahoma state was banged up, but that was the game where you saw Kansas state say, okay, we can flex if we need to. Like that's what we, when we talk about the beginning, the team kind of becoming like a Utah from last year, the way Utah handled Oregon twice. That's what K state reminded me of. And look like that's why the spread is so close. When K-State, the numbers of the whole season won't bear this out, but when K-State is like full on Will Howard's a quarterback, which they are now, right? And I know they've got some injuries in the back end, but their offense is horrifying and their defense in conference play has been the best in the league in a lot of categories. And it's, I think in terms of points allowed, it has been. And this is a top 10 football team, Robbie. And like I think the Oklahoma State game was the manifestation of that. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I, I'm sad that this team lost to Tulane. I'm sad that this team lost to Texas. They should have beat them because I feel like this team. I don't know if they should. I'm not sure about Texas. I mean, I Will Howard's like... playing is a different story, right? But, like, I right. I think what I take from the Texas game is this, and this might apply to TCU again. When you get that, that amount of talent playing that well, mm-hmm. like, Coverings everywhere these really hard, really hard, right? Stop Bijan was just awesome. And Roshan was great in that game too. And I thought yours was good enough. And their def- and I thought their defensive line, you know, at that moment's played like awesome. There was just a weird momentum shift. You just have Will Howard have this awesome game, and then you have Adrian Martinez come right. in and right. up. It's just like it could have been handled a little bit better. And I like, agree. For me, I think Julius Brents is like one of the most slept on players in the league, maybe one of the best defensive backs, him and Travius Hodges Thomason. Yeah. Just incredible. But it that, see, this brings up a good point, too. And I think I know your answer to this. If Agent Martinez is 100% healthy for the Big 12 title game, would you start him? Would you no. use him? Well, no, they wouldn't. No, they, there's, they, yeah, see, you, that's you, where you I'm like nervous because it's like they've shown that they would. And it's like they had in the past, but they can't go back to that now. They, they, there's no way with the way this offense operates. I don't think now. he's healthy enough either, but no. And look, I, I don't know if it was. Loyalty. I don't know. You know, it was. I think it was a combination of we brought this guy and he's got one year. Will Howard has more time. If Adrian can hang in there and keep playing, then we can save a year on Will. We can play Martinez and we're good to go. And I think I think you're right about like a momentum shift. And I think Texas did a really good job of kind of catching, especially early, catching Kansas State in this or this weird in between space, right? But then that kind of leads you to the response. Once he's injured, I mean, you go 31-3 at Baylor. 48-31, and that's on the road, too, uh, at night. Um, uh, 48-31 against West Virginia in the game that, you know, I know it was kind of weird at times, but, like, they were never going to lose that game. And then 47-27 against KU. I mean, they, you know, uh, they knew after that Texas result against TCU that they controlled their own destiny the rest of the way out. And they and they did, and they handled that. And they handled it very, very well. And, um that's where this team arrives now is like this fully realized. I mean, and it's a well-rounded team. Once again, there's some stuff in the back end of this defense that has me very, very concerned. For the most part, man, like 
I, and look, TCU can't, can, and I think will take advantage of it at certain moments, but the same thing could be said the other way around, but like this, this is a top 10 football team. If this were college ball playoff expansion, like I'm not saying they get in a nine and four, but like, this is one of the 12 best teams in the country right now. There's no, there's not a single doubt in my mind about that. Right. And I think if there was any other three loss big 12 team, they would not be ranked this high. Maybe Iowa state during when they went to the big 12 title game. Uh, but no, this team is this team is legit. I'm seeing that they may be playing Alabama in their bowl game, Alabama or LSU. I would love to see that game. Not like I don't Let's care. The guys the- play though. Let's hope everybody plays. I mean, it's just. But even so, like if if even if some players in Alabama are sitting out, like whatever. I I don't I see Deuce Vaughn playing if he's going to the NFL draft or Felix. I think they're they're going to play in that game. I just think that's what they do at Kansas State. But like, oh my. God, I would love to see Kansas State face what we think is the best team in college football, like history of like Alabama. Like, I would just love to see if they can compete with them. I don't care who plays or who's not. If Kansas State can prove that they can hang with Alabama or even beat them, that is the world's greatest recruiting pitch ever for Chris Kleiman. We just beat Alabama. We just beat Alabama. And it's also just the best look for the Big 12 ever. SEC people will make all of their excuses. Peter Burns will be like, oh, well, the Big 12 sucked. No one watched. Paul Feinbaum will just be like, I didn't watch the game in general. So I, I just love I, – I, I would love that matchup just to see how they rank up against him because I think this Kansas State team is awesome. This well, I mean, awesome. if we did the if we did the college ball playoff, you know, 12-teamer, like imagine a playoff game where it was, you know, oh. Kansas State hosting an LSU in Alabama. And you get to see like this – this just mean, lean machine that is the Kansas State Wildcats right now go up against, you know, like the two-man team that is Bryce, Bryce Young and Jameer Kibbs on offense and then Dallas Turner and Will Anderson on defense. What concerns me, though, about Kansas State is, like, some games, they just give up too many points, and I'm like, how? Like, against Kansas, there was a time I was like, wow, Jalen Daniels is really cooking here. Yeah. It, it, yeah, and, and look – running and all over you like, they huh. fumbled that for I mean, they got the first touchdown because they they fumbled the kick right and, and that game should have been closer than it was um yeah i, I mean you know they made some mistakes and like you kind of wonder you know if jalen daniels is in his second game back and the last game wasn't a complete disaster like how close is that game you can move the ball on k-state they can now they bow up a lot like they they do a great job uh, i mean uh, you know, 19 thing points per game in conference play is what they've been surrendering, they've been surrendering this, year, yeah. this year. And then they're, uh, they're second in sacks by this year and they have the second most interceptions. So, like they do force turnovers, but yeah, they, they've got some holes. They've, they definitely got some holes. I think this game is going to be awesome because TCU and Kansas State, if they get punched, they punch right back. That's why, like, even in that Kansas game, like Kansas would score, Kansas State would be punching right back. And like, they would score even quickly too. Every TCU game, Baylor scores, TCU. Baylor scores TCU like they, it is. I am so excited for this. This is like the best possible outcome. Brett Yormark should be so excited about this. it's going to be a fantastic game and college game day is going. So, you know, the people at ESPN, watch. I, I, somebody needs to send a memo to like Peter Burns and Paul Fine on the SEC. People be like, guys, we, we also have the rights to the big 12. Right. Like we know that, like we know that, you know, you guys like to hire immortal scumbags like Hugh Freeze and like all that stuff is all that matters to you guys. And you guys pay attention to, nobody else but like look this isn't the pac 12 no, no offense pac 12 like you know Lincoln riley Caleb williams they've been awesome this year but right. like like we're in we're, we're in, in we're football country football. i think people forget this like texas 
you know, I know Kansas basketball state, whatever, but like Texas, Oklahoma, you know, we're going to add Florida, Ohio's coming in. I mean, these are all football states that like love, love, love their football. I mean, you know, they've been to Kansas City, it's just chief stuff everywhere. Um, all right, Robbie, let's talk about some disappointments. Let's do this um, to wrap things up. So like, how much, what, do you have a list of disappointments that you have? Like, what are, are they teams? Are they things? So um, the, the list of disappointments are the things that I just got completely wrong heading into this okay. season. Like so you're disappointed that you're wrong or you're disappointed. Is, is that what it is? You're disappointed that you were wrong about these things? Like things that I thought were sure things coming into the okay. year that just didn't pan out. And it kind of is somewhat disappointing. One that wasn't disappointing was I did not have TCU just on my radar. Really? They were a team that I was like, oh, fifth or sixth best team in the league. Not on my radar. Wrong about that. Teams that I were very wrong on. Number one, the Baylor Bears. I, I, We've talked about this team so much this whole year, how they are confusing. You said they weren't confusing. They kind of just lacked that umph that we thought that they would have at very key positions. And that was something I was so wrong about. Not only did I think they were going to win the Big 12, I thought they could be sneaking into the college football playoff like Desmond Howard. That did not happen this year. And it feels like we just kind of swiped that under the rug. Like, oh, forget about Baylor. We don't want to talk about them. So it's Baylor Bears, man. That was yeah. yikes. Yeah. Six and six should not be a Dave Veranda year. You should be always better than six and six at Baylor. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this about it being disappointing. Um, I think we should apply the same logic to Blake Shapin that we have to other guys, right? I think a lot of people want a open quarterback competition. I'm not saying there shouldn't be. What I'm saying is, is that we saw what he did in, in, in the first half of the big 12 championship game. He's had some other games, West Virginia game where he was on fire. There's correctable stuff that can change. This year was disappointing. Yes. So I think, I think we have to be very considerate about how we talk about Baylor because I don't think I'd be surprised, especially if they retain the coaching staff. I would not be surprised at all if the offense is gangbusters next year uh, after those skill guys in Blake shape and have one more off season to work together. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think the future of them is bright. I just had, I really thought they were going to be good. Number two, there's the other team in the big 12 title game, Oklahoma state. And it's not because, you know, I mean, they got hit with so many injuries. Yes. That is disappointing. But then you realize, oh, the depth of this team is not very good. So the, the players that haven't played a lot are are kind of like, we're obviously they're inexperienced, so we're going to say, ha-ha, you suck. No, they just aren't developed. But now it's like, oh, there's a lot of holes in this team that we didn't know, and that's what makes me nervous about the future. A sp- Especially quarterback wise, their entire right. room right now, freshman, redshirt freshman, you're going my my statement. You're going to lose Spencer Sanders. Either he is going to go to the NFL or he's going to transfer. I think it's the first one. I think he's going to the NFL. You need to adapt, need to adapt and go in the transfer portal or get something because you aren't doing recruiting wise. And if you go out there with Gunnar Gundy or Wrangle or whatever, you're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. That That's just what's going to happen. So the start of the Oklahoma State season, we were like, this team is awesome. Now they got hit with so many injuries and so many holes in that team, like running back wise. 
it was either Dominic Richardson or nothing. <laughs> like that's like yeah. so cool. well, and then they had I think mean, you know it's and then Ollie Gordon and you know, it came on later on in the season, so Jaden Nixon. But you're right, like the way they looked without Spencer Sanders, I thought was pretty unacceptable. I thought like they just like did they just there was no like belief at all. And look, like sometimes you got to fake it. I know he's the guy and everything, but like that, yeah, that was, yeah, it wasn't it. Last one that I was right about, but was disappointing was how bad Iowa State was this year. Yep. The fact that Xavier Hutchinson is a Bolitnikov. Bolitnikov finalist, they won four games, right? Four games. He was their offense. Hunter Deckers was bad. This team was bad. I'm, I've said it yesterday in our show, but like, Oh my God, if I hear one more time how Matt Campbell is this amazing head coach and how he should be for every major job, I'm going to vomit. I This team, the past two years, has underachieved and looked bad. Just bad. And then he's going around at Big 12 Media Day so saying, oh, Hunter Deckers is the most athletic quarterback I've ever had. This is the best running back room I've ever had. Our offensive line has never been better. Lie, lie, lie. You lied, Matt Campbell. I don't understand how you could be boasting this and then your team just sucks. Like th- this, this team is not good. I do not trust Hunter Decker's long-term. Yeah. He could develop. No, I, I, I'm out. I'm out. I, it's so disappointing for Iowa state. Uh, here's what I'll say is like, they've been bad for so long. We've mentioned this some yesterday, but um, at a place like Iowa state, Robbie, like there are going to be years like this. Now this bad, like here's the thing is their defense was awesome this year. Their offense was so bad, so bad. I mean, the, the stat of like them, like that's not a, that's not a, well, they win four games. It's not a four win football team. It's just not like they should be better than that. Look, they should have beat Kansas. The kicking was horrible in that game. They got Superman by, you know, they got Superman by uh, uh, Spencer Sanders in that game. You had the game against Texas where like, you know, some calls went kind of wonky. So like, this was not a four-win football team. I mean, there's a world that they're actually like six and six, right? Um, if some of those swing the other way, uh, you know. Like, and what are we saying at that point, right? Like Matt Campbell can't make those kicks. Matt Campbell p- can't make Xavier Hutchinson catch that ball. Now, you know, I know, you know all the stuff's not great, but like, there's a lot of stuff that occurred this year that, to me, in context, like, if if they won six games, and I know they didn't, but like, it wasn't like they were getting blown out. If that was the case, and they were a couple plays away from it, wouldn't that be a natural regression from the team they had last year? Like, I think this team is kind of where they're actually supposed to be. I think the offense is worse. I think the defense is better than where like we really thought it was going to be. So if I factor in those two things, like win loss, win loss aside, like really in the aggregate, they're kind of the team I think they should be. The record does not necessarily show where the team, and it's like the most high school coach ever. Our record does not accurately reflect how good our team should have been this yeah. year. Okay, great, wonderful. The awards dinner, whatever. Matt Campbell just heard you say that. And he said yes. I've been yeah, but like we don't talk about championships. We talk about. I'll, I will tell you this: you and I are on the same page about last year. It was disappointing. I think where this team is with what happened, what they lost from last year's team, I think it's completely like where they should be in terms of like performance overall. If you set like the you know if, if we balance out defense with the offense. Overall performance wise, I actually think this was kind of where they should have finished, especially how good the league was. You know, they, yeah. they, you know there was there was no easy game for them. There was only but. one team that truly regressed, and it was Oklahoma. Besides Iowa State, like like Kansas got better, Texas Tech basically stayed the same. 
Like, I get that, but like, Iowa State's one... defense got better, though. Like, that's, that is one thing that did occur this year. Like, Iowa State only had one conference win against West Virginia. Yeah, it's like, not good. You're it's Matt good. Campbell. You're you're being, I'm hearing you're the best coach, like, ever. So, like, can you. Fair like, enough. That's totally fair. Yeah. I that's why I'm like, his reputation is crazy. Yeah, but once again, we got to remember it's, it's Iowa State. And, like, Robbie, somebody's got to eat L's in the league, right? You know what I mean? Like, somebody has to actually lose the games. Yeah, I guess. You know, it's like, well, Kansas isn't a, there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Kansas, no, not, they're not lying down, which is like, no. you know, it's like there's no more get right games. Even West Virginia is like frisky. You know, they, they won this week in, in, you know, against Oklahoma State in the road. Um, that, you know, losing their second string quarterback. Like it's kind of that weird league this year. All right, Robbie, where can people find you and also your basketball podcast, which I'm sure is going to continue to heat up? Yeah. Um, uh, the basketball right. podcast and been putting my head in the sand because I've just been so focused on football season, but it is swinging. The next episode, which will be coming out tomorrow, is where I give a grade for each team heading into or what they've done so far in the basketball season. So I'll be touching on each team, giving a grade on how they've done so far. And yeah, follow that Midwest Madness podcast. Follow me on Twitter at the Triano Kid. It's here, baby. Big 12 title game. We've waited all year for this moment. It's finally here. Go Cats. There it is. Uh, all right, Robbie Triano, appreciate it. Appreciate you coming on as you do every single week. We'll talk to you next week. You can find him on Twitter at the Triano Kid. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel, like the videos, find us on Twitter at LO Big 12. Find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Next time, folks, as always, stay safe.